On today's show, our special guest is Tamara Crenshaw, co-owner of the Saint and the Sinner restaurant in Walla Walla. We have a food game for you to play. And what's going on around town and beyond, news-wise and calendar-wise? Keep listening. It's all coming up next on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Ethan Stoll Restaurants. Fresh ingredients. Let's the food do the talking. From house-made pasta to ribeye for two. Find them at www.ethanstollrestaurants.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Mackey from Macrina Bakery here in Seattle, and I want to welcome you to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the July 28th Seattle Dining Show, 1807. What the heck? It's middle of June, middle of summer. I'm Connie Adams, senior editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Summer? It's all cloudy out there right now. No, not today. today it's the it beginning of summer, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I've been working ahead on things, and I keep <laughs> thinking it's September and a nice day will come along, and I'll be like... Oh, I'm a little sad. This is one of our last nice days. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute. It's just starting. And we'll go and rent a kayak and float around Lake Union. We haven't done that in 12 years Long or something. Time. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, today, our monthly discussion, as we are known to have, is going to be about a little game that you have created that makes people come up with ideas for several categories, match them up, and see what kind of food they might make from those. Yeah. So um, uh, I was sitting around one day. I don't know. I don't know what gave me the idea, but I, I'll tell you, I did create this game, and uh, I own the copyright on it now. Yes. So uh, you know, you, anybody can play it. Just don't rip me off. That's yeah. All. Or if you want to go through the expense of creating a whole game and and a board and all this stuff, he <laughs> does get the profits. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so what, the way it works, it's, it's called the food prep game, and uh, what we do is we pick 10 types of food, and then we, te- we pick out 10 types of preps. Now, Connie and I already played this, so I'm going to run you through the 10 foods that Connie picked, and they were, and, I, and what, what we do is once you pick them, then you move them into alphabetical order. So, um, you know, you could... Uh do it in several ways and use the same categories a couple times and just not put them in alphabetical order because they would come up with different things. Yeah, you can, you can alter it around if you mm. want. Um, okay, so the first uh, f- 10 foods that you picked was uh, beet, brown rice, chicken, hamburger, lemon, pork, prawn, scallop, steak, and tomato. And then your 10 prep types were aioli. Brine, duca, marinate, mole, pan juice, rub, salsa, sauce, and spread. So when we put those all into alphabetical order and pair them up together, yeah, yeah. Then we then we take another column and we mark off: Would I eat that or would I not eat that? So the the first pairing became beet aioli. Yes, I would eat that. Brown rice brine. 
I would probably not brine no. my food in brown rice. No. Uh, chicken duca. Yeah. In fact, I believe you made that for lunch one day after we came up with that. Yeah, you're right. I had a little duca around, and we coated up a chicken with duca, didn't we? It was delicious. Um, hamburger marinate. I don't think I'll be doing that type of marination anytime soon. No, I don't know. You never hear about anybody marinating hamburger. No. Uh, lemon mole. That sounds iffy to me. We said no on it when we did, when we played the game, but I don't know. You could maybe come up with some sort of creamy lemon mole. I don't. I don't know. Mole is a a mix of uh, spices. Sometimes I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of mole. Mm-hmm. Somehow it all seems darker and more complex than bright and acidic lemon. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the lemon would uh, cause the mole to uh, curdle. Curdle. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Curdle mole. Uh, pork pan juice. Yeah, I'd yeah. cook in that. Uh, a prawn rub. Sure, why not? Would you rub, is it a rub made from prawns or is it a rub for prawns? Uh, I, think, I, I think you can interpret it any way you want. If you want to dry the prawns and then yeah. grind them into a rub. Yeah, that's true. Hmm, that'd be freaky. Yeah. Uh, a scallop salsa. Oh, yeah. sort of like a ceviche. Yeah, exactly. That's what you said when we played it, oh, too. see? At least uh, I'm consistent. This one I've never heard of before. Steak sauce. Like A1? <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to be sued. Or maybe we're going to uh, uh, mill it out a steak into yeah. a sauce. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Tomato spread. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a definite. So uh, in, the, in the whole thing, really, um, seven out of ten of them were doable. Yeah. Either they people already make them or, you know, in the case of like a beet aioli, you don't get that very often. But uh, yeah. that would be something new to try. But, so, you know, um, Matt Heikala, who's been at um, Salish and Pan Pacific, and he's at the Embassy Suites in Pioneer Square right now, mm-hmm. he does beet deviled eggs and for cooking with class he's coming as one of the chef and he's doing a beet cured salmon oh so you know you can do a lot with beets so i think cured salmon yeah wow yeah i think it's gonna be really tasty i've had the eggs i've had that so eggs he makes in there are delicious Hmm. so 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 you just don't know the idea of the game is to kind of get you thinking about maybe trying a few new things here and there we can all get locked into uh you know, making the same things at home all the time, and yeah. so it's fun to... And it, you know, it is kind of fun. You could sit around and do this just as a, you know, we don't have anything else to do tonight, and it would be sort of fun, and then you could ponder on it, make your grocery lists, and then do it later, you know, yeah. and just uh, drag it out a little bit. Yeah. Just try one of them out of the ten. Yeah. That would get... And, and like you say, it's really easy to get locked in, especially if you've got a... Busy job and, you know, hard to take the time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to just, okay, we're doing this again this week because we can remember it. So where have you been eating? Um, recently, I was at The Nest, which is at the Thompson Hotel. It's the it, There's an indoor area, but there's a huge outdoor deck. Does this look out over the CenturyLink field? No, no, no. Oh, that's I the, thought it was like a like a hawk's nest nest, you know. No, 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 no. This is at the, on top of the Thompson Hotel, which is like Stewart. It looks out over right over the top of the Pike Place Market and out to the water and the mountains. And, oh, okay. So they call it the nest because you feel like you're up in a yeah, in a bird's nest. Yes, exactly. It is a, an incredible view. I I can't even begin to tell you. It was 
amazing. And uh, they have a lot of uh, specialty cocktails. That day they were uh, grilling things outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they do that all year long. This was a, an event that I went to. So, um, But it was really, really fun to be up there. And they have you know some umbrellas up and you can just sit at tables and mill about. And there's tables inside and... And they did a bunch of, you know, they, they did pretty simple things. It was grilled chicken, grilled prawns, some steak bites, and inside they had vegetables and stuff like that. And then they had some desserts. Well, you have to have the grilled chicken because it is the nest, so the nest. you've got to have some, some bird stuff in there. That's actually sad. We've taken over your home, and now we're going to cook you. <laughs> not maybe a, an area we should go into. <laughs> so let's see. Um and then I went down last week and had dinner at RN74, and I had not been there since you and I went and had the five-course Yeah, that meal. was last summer, I think it was. Yeah, and it was really good. Hmm. There was three of us. We all had different things. Um, all of them were good. It was, you know, it was nice. It was, it was fairly pricey, but it was really quality food, tasted great. They did a wonderful job on preparation and, and presentation, so yeah. I was pleased. And then the next thing I haven't actually eaten at, and we'll, uh, you'll be seeing a story on this later, um, but it's called Mar, really Market, but M-A-R dot K-E-T. I think the Mar is supposed to be about C because it's, it's a seafood place in Edmonds. But oh, it I is see. a fishmonger, so you can go in and buy food to take, uh, fish to take home and cook. So they've had scallops and halibut and things like that, salmon. And then they decided they're going to do food too. So they they do fish and chips, chowder, fish tacos. It's not a huge menu, but it's like kind of carry out food mostly. There's ten seats inside, and then they did put seats up the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And I asked about that, and Schubert, the owner, was telling me in Edmonds, and maybe ever not everywhere, but certainly in Edmonds, it it isn't their area. But the city's happy to have you put chairs out. So if you're wandering around Edmonds and just feel like sitting down, you can. It's not markets, chairs, oh, yeah, and tables. Okay. But it does give them more places for, you know, their customers if they want to eat sort of in. Hmm. So, but it was. I was there um, midweek, and the place was packed. It just opened on Father's Day weekend. Um, place was packed. Everybody seemed really happy. So, and they're <clears> the same people. He and his partner Andrew are the same people who own. Salt and Iron in Edmonds, Bar Dojo up at Five Corners in Edmonds, and then um, also a catering firm called Shubidoo Catering. Hmm. So lots going on for them. So a little Edmonds Enterprise, Epicurial yeah. Enterprise. Yeah, and both of them and their families live in Edmonds. Surprisingly. Imagine that. Yeah. Huh. So then the last place I wanted to mention was Gather in Ballard. And I had gone, uh, this again was a while ago, for an event, and so a friend and I went back there and had dinner and we just had two things we weren't starving but we had a a beet salad and we had um oh why is my mind going blank it was really good too a beet aioli yes it was made with beet aioli from tom's <laughs> game but it was really delicious we we really enjoyed it and um nice atmosphere ryan the chef owner is a nice guy so hmm. yeah so that's my story this month well, my story is I've been uh, traveling a lot. I've been on the road. I've been down in Oregon so much, I don't even think they'll let me back into Oregon <laughs> for another year. Uh, but I think I've spent three three weeks down in Oregon in uh, 
in uh, June. May June. Yeah. So, so a couple of places that rose to the top. Um, one of them was the Ruddy Duck. Yeah. Which is down in Kalamath area at the Running Y Ranch. This is a golf resort, and uh, the food is quite good. Yeah. So uh, if you're ever down in Kalamath, don't feel like there isn't somewhere to go. You just have to drive a little way to the west out of town and go to the Ruddy Duck. And it's Yum. kind of out of the way. I mean, you go around the whole lake. There's no shortcut. No. You've got to go around the lake. No, you have to transport yourself around the lake. Yeah. But there is a highway that goes from out of downtown. Yeah. I think it's 126 or something like that. No, it's not 126. I don't know. But, but it's you, a you nice, look it up on a map. It's a nice little curvy road around the lake. It's pretty. Yeah, it is pretty. Yeah. And and I know the, the, the two times we ate there, we, we did take that little curvy road. Mm-hmm. And then one time we went back on the main highway yeah. back into town. We also ate inside one time and on the deck. And yeah. And both are nice. And I got to say, out on the deck was a little bit... Eh, oh, that day. Because it was windy, and it was picking up the dust off the dry lake bed next to Kalamath. So it looked like swarms of bugs coming at us, but it was just plumes of dust that were getting picked up and swirled. We asked some locals, and remember he said it was the farmers were tilling or something, and it looked like little cyclones or something yeah. was straight up in the air. And it wasn't any big deal. It never seemed to hit us directly. But after we were done eating, after, unfortunately, you were kind of running yeah. your finger on a plate and it was dirty. Yep. I mean, it did. It was Across the, the table. Air. I yeah. ran my finger across the yeah. table and there was a, a layer of dirt. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you might want to eat inside if you see that smoky look thing going yeah. on out there. Uh, another place in Oregon that I ate at, uh, hadn't been there, I don't know, five, six, seven years, Riverview. Oh, yeah. Um, this is down uh, outside of Portland on the um, Sandy River. Uh, the the restaurant's owned by the Yoshida family. Uh, Yoshida is, you know, some Asian sauces that you can buy at the market. Mm-hmm. And other, I think they have other Asian foods as well. Mm. Uh, it's a nice place. Really nice inside. We We enjoyed our time in the bar area. Yeah. But a uh, nice big dining area. There's outdoor dining. Perfect big deck. time of year to go do that. Big deck right on the river. Mm-hmm. So that worked out well. And then uh, I recently had to go to the airport and fly out down to Los Angeles. So I took the opportunity to try out Relish, the How new Kathy, Kathy Casey place. And uh, I had a burger. Quite good. Oh, good. Um, had a uh, cocktail, a margarita. That was quite good. And it actually brought me over the extra leftover from the preparation of that margarita. That's always a favorite thing of yours. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, there was a little line to get in. I had mm-hmm. to wait a little bit. But it was uh, it was worth it. The burger was about fifteen bucks, and the the margarita was about fifteen, which is about standard airport pricing. Yeah. So, and that's in the main area once you go through security, right? Yes, it's up in uh, where I believe where the sea gates are. Oh, okay. I think. Well, somewhere the, in the central terminal there. Okay, that's like A and B and maybe C. It's where her other place was, right? Delish, Dish Delish. Did she go uh, in the same spot, or did she go... No, it's a different spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to go inwards, like, up to, like, gate... I think it's in the, where the B gates are, and I think okay. it's up by B8. Okay. That's what I seem to remember yeah. now. Okay. So, hunt it down, go to the airport early, hunt it down, try it out. Yeah. 
So I think it was way better than some of the Wolfgang Puck stuff and all that. That just never we, does it for me. We had a very bad breakfast at Wolfgang Puck, which we've probably already complained about. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we'll look at the latest tidbits from our News Bites file. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm from Bellevue. One of my favorite restaurants is Cactus in Bellevue. I had an amazing dish, prawns with a spicy sauce on top that just made your mouth water. Mmm. This is Jeremy McLaughlin, chef with Salty Seafood Grills, and you are listening to The Seattle Dining Show. It's time for News Bites discussion with Tom and Connie of the Seattle Dining Show. So you can always keep up with our News Bites as they happen by following our, our Twitter account at Seattle Dining One or simply going on seattledining.com and clicking on News Bites. So the first thing is there is another Oaxacan place opening, Cochina, Oaxaca, 7900 East Green Lake Drive North, and it's opening early July, early this month in the Green Lake area. And we think this must be the people who have the other Oaxaca. Well, you know, there are some different families involved. So they're not all the same family members who do it. And there may be, I don't know, there may be other Oaxacan people coming up that aren't family members. So if you have have to know, you'll have to ask. Yes. All right. Uh, Oh, this is a big one. And I'm I'm getting my wallet out for this one. The Herb Farm (laughs) in Woodenville is up for sale. Owners Ron and Carrie want to retire. They'd love to have someone carry on what they've been doing for 30 years. 30 years. I think they maybe deserve to retire. That's been a big undertaking for a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. They really... And they, really only like two or three chefs during that whole period. Yeah. Right? It, it's been pretty amazing. And they, I think they were really, you know, at the start of this stuff, this farm to table that, that really got big. I mean, they were doing this so long ago. I remember when they... I. I bought a lunch there for my boss when he was retiring. My my department bought it for him. Uh-huh. And uh, those were the days, maybe it's never changed, I don't know, where they would open the phone lines at a certain time on a certain day, and you just had to keep calling. And if you didn't get in, you didn't get a reservation. Was this when they were in their old location yeah. out in Fall City? Yes, it was smaller, I think. Mm-hmm. But So hmm. it's been a pretty important thing in this area. Well, we, we've been there as guests before. When we yeah. didn't have to foot the bill ourselves. <laughs> no, I, I always like that. Because it's so frighteningly expensive for us, anyway. All right, so Good Day Donuts, opening in White Center in August. Eric Jackson and Allison Odowski. Eric was the executive chef at Vendemia. He left at the end of June. Um, they're doing donuts, obviously. Generally about 2 bucks. They'd like it to be a kind of a community gathering spot. 
but because he is a chef, they they may be doing Thursdays and Friday dinners now and then. So you can keep your eyes open for that. Yeah, they could have the chicken and donuts instead of chicken and waffle. That's yeah. excellent planning. Yeah, start a new trend for heaven's sakes. Use the food game and start something new. I'll bet you they'll have donuts on the dessert menu. I'm Ooh, just gonna take a guess yeah. right now. Mm. Uh, something called Footprint Wine opening up at 1222 East Madison is a wine bar opening in September by Kenneth Dillon. He now works at 6th Avenue Wine Cellar. Uh, it's supposed bit, to be big. Big into sustainability. He'll use sustainably sourced organic and biodynamic wines from mostly local wineries. Wine on tap, retail sales, and some bites. Oh. And then this is a, a huge one. I, 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 I should have uh, checked into this further because it seems like way out, but it probably is. The Unicorn in White Center will open by December 2019. So we're talking a year and a half. You want to save that news bite for like a year and a half from now? No, because I'll forget about it. <laughs> um, it's a second location, and it's going to be 15,000 square feet. Um, their first locations in the Pike Pine Corridor. Adam Heimstadt is the owner and the, there are going to be two stages for karaoke, drag shows, art exhibits. It's going to be a big place. So. Hmm. Yeah. This one, this next one's going to excite you. Is RuPaul going to go with his drag show? Uh, that might be too expensive for Unicorn. 15,000 square feet. Got to fill it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, Little Woody's in South Lake Union has added adult beverages. And we're not just talking like... Rum and Coke. We're talking <laughs> boozy milkshakes and slushies, canned beer and wine. And a happy hour is uh, three to eight. Hey, that's a working man's happy hour to me. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Exactly. I wonder if that's only at the bar. We'll have to find out. Yeah. It's the only Little Woody's with a bar, so I'm thinking that's true. And also, it is kind of a family place. You know, it's where kids go for burgers, so I'm thinking it probably would be. Um, a bar situation. I think this is another sort of trend. I don't know if you recall, because I can't remember how many years ago it was. might have been before you moved into the area. But Cutters, down at the market, uh-huh. had these boozy milkshakes. And it was... I do remember that, yeah. The best thing going. So wonderful. And all of a sudden, you're seeing them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know, maybe they've been around and I haven't been a, that aware of them. But it seems like it's like a... A, a retrend. Maybe somebody played the food game. Yes. And came up with milkshake booze. Yeah, and it was like, that's not a dumb <coughs> idea. So, Captive Spirits, 1138 Ewing Street in Ballard Interbay. They are living elsewhere right now, and they're expanding to increase their gin-making capacity, which is never a bad thing, in my opinion. <laughs> so they're adding a tasting room. They're going to do seasonal cocktails on draft. They'll have guest bartenders. They'll do distillery tours. Owners are Holly Robinson and Ben Captaville. Hmm. Find out more at their website. Yeah. Captaspirits.com, maybe. <clears throat> uh, Future Primitive Brewing Company. That sounds funky. Future Primitive Brewing Company? I think that's the idea. It's like <coughs> old and new. I'm, I'm thinking. Down in White Center. <clears throat> Uh, Ian Roberts, who co-owns the Pine Box on Capitol Hill and is the founder, co-founder of Seattle Beer Week, uh, scheduled to open in July. Future Primitive Brewing Company. Yeah. 
Um, Dingfelder's Delicatessen, we have not talked about. It's actually open now. It's at 1318 East Pine on Capitol Hill. But their walk-up window is coming this month. It's Vance Dingfelder and Stephanie Hemsworth. They're the owners. They also have Nourish Catering. And it is what they're calling an authentic old-world deli. So I think it might be fun if you if you are really big fans of delis in New York and feel like you never can find it. Interesting to go check it out. Corned beef, pastrami, whitefish, smoked salmon, lots more. The pastrami is a benchmark for me. Okay. So we we'll have, have to go, go try it. We'll have to do it. Uh, let's see. Um, Tulalip Resort Casino, bet you never heard of that one before, <laughs> has redone their high-end restaurant. This has been a long time coming. Yeah, it has it's been. It's now called Tula Bene Pastorea and Chop House. The finest Italian specialties with respect to tradition and quality. Chef Jeremy Tazy will do Italian-inspired family-style plates. Appetizers like antipasti platter, pancetta-wrapped prawns, and more. Entrees feature six prime and upper-choice double R steaks. Double say R that ranch. ten times fast. Double yeah, R double ranch. R ranch. See, I can't even say it one time fast. So sad. Uh, house-made sausages, prosciutto-wrapped halibut, daily fresh-made pasta. Officially opened in June with limited hours. Now it's full on. Yeah. So go do your gambling, won't you? <laughs> and then the last one is Koku, which is a Japanese cafe and market, and it replaced Cedarburg Tea House on top of Queen Anne. Very sad to see Cedar House go, but they went back to South Africa. They were very happy to go. Thrilled to get home. And... Uh, Koku was open. I, I walked by the other day, and there were people in there. It was like the first day they opened, I think. Do they have a TV inside? I don't know. I'm just wondering if they're using the Roku stick at the Koku. <laughs> Roku at Koku. I'm guessing not. But if they played the food game, they might put those two together. <laughs> I don't have Roku as a food prep. I'm sorry. <laughs> All righty. Let's take a little break. When we come back, we'll do the calendar. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, this is Julie from Wallingford, and one of my favorite restaurants is the Whale Winds. This is Lisa Bear from Bear Winery in the Woodenville Warehouse District, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. You're back with the Seattle Dining Show with Tom Marin and Connie Adams, and we are going into the calendar section. And just so you know, new calendar items go up all the time, so you can always check back at seattledining.com backslash calendar. What's happening this month? Well, this is uh, the first one here is kind of crazy. It's on uh, July 4th, so you better be prepared to skip your... your uh what is this? Uh, it goes for more than that. It's, oh. I've forgotten how long it goes. So you take an amazing adventure down the Snake River through Hell's Canyon starting on July 4th. And this is put on by Dunham Cellars and Gifford Harlinger Winery. It's called the Wine and Food on the River Trip. So I guess you're like rafting and drinking wine, hopefully not yeah. together. 
Uh, maybe. No, I think it's when you land at night or something. But John Blair, the CEO or the president for Dunham, is going to be there too. And did you see who's doing the food? Um, not got there. Oh, uh, <laughs> Andre yes. Bopp from uh, Andre's Kitchen out in Walla Walla. Yeah, he does well, good stuff. Fun. Yeah. How many days is it? I'm looking at that. It's uh, six on a six man tent. There's definitely an overnight involved, and you'll be yeah. in a tent. We got a lot of details on the calendar page about yeah. this. So sounds so, like and, fun. You want to skip town for Fourth of July? I'd go for it. Yeah, and the website is on on our calendar, so go check on that, and you can find out how long it is. And they provide things like the tents and things like that. So there's a lot of people with animals who want to get out of town on Fourth of July because their animals freak out. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we can get a separate raft to put all the dogs on. No, because somebody will idiotically bring some fireworks and all jump in the water. It'll be terrifying. Yeah, but if you want to stay in town, tell us about this Fourth of July party cruise. Yeah, this is on Waterways Cruises, um, and they're saying rock the yacht on the Fourth of July party cruise. Dance the night away to sounds of a DJ spinning your favorite tunes. Take in front row views of the fireworks display on Lake Union, an expansive array of gourmet appetizers and desserts, and a full service bar. That would be pretty fun. So I hope can, all uh, the fireworks explode before they fall back down and land on the boat. I'm thinking they do this every year, and they probably have it down. So. Okay. So that's the scoop. As long as you're floating me right next to the Seattle fireboat, I'm probably okay <laughs> with it. And you don't mind spray. Let's uh, see. And then on uh, July 7th, we have the Proof Washington Distillers Festival. I'm guessing this is a Saturday, I think. Uh, so this is going to be 40 no. distillers no. from Washington along with local restaurants. Basically, the way to look at this event is like Taste Washington, only distilleries. Yeah. It's actually even put on by the same folks from Varsity Communications. So uh, more details on our calendar page about this event. Uh, where is this happening at? doesn't actually doesn't say, say here. does it? Um, you can buy your favorite spirits while there, which is nice, and then um – They've got some educational and entertaining sessions as well. Why do we have to go back to press release 101 and teach people who, what, where, why, when, how? I know. You know, we ask people to put their own uh, things up on our calendar, but when they do, it's often Well, and I know this came in as a press release, but it doesn't have the who, what, where, why, when, how. No, she actually put it on the calendar. Someone put it on the calendar, so they just left it up. But I think... Partly they're thinking, here's the email. I mean, the website, go look. But, so a couple of Bastille days coming up. The first one is at RN74, and that's going to be um, ooh, a South of France Monte Carlo casino night, an evening of games, bites, and sips of delicious Syrah cocktails or French wines. You can play at the craps tables, blackjack, roulette, win a, grand, a raffle grand prize, Let's see. There's small bites ranging in price from five to fifteen dollars. It's Saturday, July fourteenth, from noon to five p.m. No admission fee. You're just paying for the food and drink, and then getting to play. Free gambling? Yeah, apparently so. I guess so. Yeah. Is that what Bastille Day is all about? Gambling? I'm guessing not, but they might be thinking. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Cafe Campania is doing a um, special Bastille Day event from That's four the- to ten p.m. More details at their website. We don't have a lot here. I'll bet you they're doing something at Bastille, too. What do you think? Oh, I bet. For Bastille. I'm thinking. They didn't put it up on the calendar, though. No. 
Then on July 15th, it's the 8th Annual Garden Party Extravaganza at Serafina. It's their 27th anniversary at our 8th Annual Summer Garden Party. Whole roasted pigs, patio grilling, paella, gelato, wood-fired pizza, rosé garden on the Chiquetti patio, entertainment throughout the day, a photo booth, oyster bar. Good God. A little bit of everything. Yeah. They're doing a, a wildly popular iron bartender competition at 2. Um, so a bunch of the city's bartenders will be competing. Um, attendees will enjoy five courses, each paired with a unique cocktail. You could even, I bet this is done now, but um, for $105, you could get an exclusive spot as a judge. That seems crazy. Anyway, um, entrance to the garden party is free. Food and drink tickets available for purchase the day of the event. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. Wish I still lived across the street from yeah, there. Yeah, you could just walk over. Of course, if I did, I wouldn't own my house. But <laughs> we wouldn't be doing our podcast from here right now. Uh, this sounds like a good one. Uh, on the nineteenth, which is going to be a Thursday, we've got a paella dinner at the Harvest Vine. Sounds like a good place to get paella. Yep. Uh, so this would be uh, hundred. Uh, I don't know. Get your wallet out. One hundred fifty dollars <laughs> per person, and that includes the food, the wine, the pairings, the flamenca entertainment, the tax, and the grat. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, you you want to go? You need to arrive between six and six thirty, and the dinner starts at six thirty with the first course. I'm not going to run you through, but we have all the courses listed on our calendar page, mm-hmm. SeattleDining.com. Looks pretty yummy. Paella, plato de quesos. Mm -mm -mm. That sounds really good. Um, On the 20th of July, it's Cuoco's Rosé on the Patio Series. 4.30 to 7 p.m. It's their second annual Rosé on the Patio Series. Um, It's delicious summer snacks, DJ vibes, patio weather, and, of course, everyone's vino. They've selected Italian rosés that guests will be able to sample. And there's more than one of these. So there's another one coming on August 17th and another one on September 21st. $25 in advance, 30 at the door. And that's on Terry Avenue in South Lake Union area. And they won't slap your hand if you pour your rosé into a pint of ice. <laughs> mm. You say that, hopefully. That's a summertime thing to do. I do it all year, though. Uh, okay, and then the last one we got is, uh, I don't know, this is out of sequence. This is on July 5th. Oh. We have uh, Zane and Wiley's Steakhouse Winemaker Dinner with, uh, how do you say, Cote Bonneville? No, Cote. Cote Bonneville. Cote Bonneville Estate Bottled De Brule Vineyard. I don't, I don't know anything about all that. <laughs> but uh, the winemaker is going to be there. Chef Kevin Davis is going to be there. The sommelier Bruce Sturgeon will be there. I don't think Zane and Wiley will be there. No, it's too late for them. They'll probably be home working on their... Karate or judo or whatever. <laughs> Picking out their cowboy do. boots. <clears throat> so uh, that's done. Oh, yum. Uh, a Pence Farm Peach Gazpacho. Yeah. Yum. Yeah. I want that. The whole dinner sounds fabulous. Yeah, 110 bucks a person. That's pretty reasonable. Free parking after 5 p.m. And uh, it's going on July 5th. So take yeah. your July 4th hangover over. And, <laughs> and that's at 6 p.m. And there is the free parking after five in the in-park lot, which is the same place that Blue Acre guests can park. So it oh, okay. gives you an idea where. 
All right, that's it for our calendars. Next up is our interview with Tabitha Crenshaw, co-owner of the Saint and the Sinner restaurant in Walla Walla. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Collections Cafe at Chihuly Garden and Glass at the Seattle Center. Enjoy Northwest Fair, craft beer, and Northwest wine surrounded by Dale Chihuly's eclectic collections. For more information, go to ChihulyGardenAndGlass.com. Hi, my name is Kevin Lance. I live in Mill Creek, and my favorite restaurant is Oshino, and it's because it's the best sushi around. Hey, it's Rachel Bell. I'm the host of the podcast Your Last Meal and a personality and feature reporter on Cairo Radio, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We're back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with our senior editor, Connie Adams. And we're in our makeshift studio above Mark Ryan Winery in Walla Walla. And we are joined today with a special guest. Connie, tell us about it and take off with the interview. Take it away. I am here with Tabitha Crenshaw. And we're going to talk today about their... How, how old is... The Saint in the Center. It's a little over three months. Oh, so it's really new. Really, okay. really new. Really new. Great. It's still a baby. It's, it's a, baby a baby restaurant. <laughs> um, you and your husband, Jake, opened Olive Marketplace and Cafe. Now, that was ten, not 10 years. It's eight years ago. Eight we just had ago. our anniversary on February 8th. That's our amazing. Our anniversary of opening Olive, yeah. Yeah. And then, and I don't remember this year either, you opened Ox and Cart. Well, yeah. that was two years ago. Yeah, it was two years yeah. ago. Yeah. Because we were here, and we were here right before you opened, so we didn't get to try it, and now we never will. <laughs> well, you, ne- you never say never. That's true. Never could, say never. It we could s- return. It could definitely return. We hope someday that it will return. Oh, okay. So what you did was you took the space that Oxen Cart was in and opened the Saint and the Sinner. So tell us why you did that. So we absolutely adored everything that we created with the Oxen Cart. We loved the ambiance, the food, farm to tables, right on trend. And just it, the staff was phenomenal. It was just became um, kind of a special occasion restaurant. Oh. And when you have, which is in the summertime, it was really busy. We have a lot mm-hmm. of tourists here to Walla Walla to come taste our yeah. wine. Um, so it was great in the summertime. It was really busy. But in the wintertime, there wasn't enough of our local population to sustain mm. another fine dining restaurant, we felt. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to kind of be a, a, a aggressive and ahead of that change before... The decision was made for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but, but actually, when we were deciding, we knew we wanted to open another restaurant. And we had two concepts at play. We were, had the Oxen Cart or the Satan the Center. Mm. So we had developed both concepts out pretty, oh, um, okay. yeah, pretty thoroughly. Yeah. So we, you know, we kept scratching our head. And we said, well, why don't we go back and do something that we think the community would mm-hmm. embrace more and have more fun with. Yeah. Well, has a lot of great fine dining restaurants, and they have a lot of farm-to-table style restaurants, but they don't have a lot of that. Um, you could go multiple times a week mm-hmm. and still have you know f- high quality food, um, but at a approachable price point. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 go back to our original idea and, and open the Saint and Center and, and kind of 
shake it off, loosen it up a little bit, have mm-hmm. some more fun. Sometimes in the culinary world, people can get very serious yes. about food and, and, and wine. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to bring back the playfulness yeah. of, of food and wine and just, just be a little uh, more mm-hmm. relaxed. Eat the food that we like to cook yeah. at home and eat the food that mm-hmm. we like to eat a lot. Yeah. So what is the food? Tell us about the menu. So it's inspired by Latin American cooking. It's mostly, you know, Mexican. It's not... It's it's a twist on tradition. It's not anybody's Mexican grandma in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, my husband Jake is the executive chef, and it's still his take and twist on things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, instead of just regular pork tacos, it's pork belly tacos. Okay. Uh, you know, ahi tuna tacos, okay. uh, wagyu asada tacos. Mm. So it's just kind of elevating and being playful with yeah. um, some traditional Mexican flavors. But well, that makes, up a little bit. that makes sense to me, too, because there is plenty of Mexican food yeah. east of the mountains. Yes. So um, you, you do want to do something different as well. Exactly. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, you know, we thought about that, too, but there wasn't anybody doing a lot of um, like the high-quality tequila tastings, and yeah. mezcals are really popular right now, and we personally love drinking mezcals, oh, just okay. like you know, the appreciation for fine scotches that mm-hmm. mezcals can take you down that wormhole, too. <laughs> and you probably had to do a lot of tasting to make sure which so ones hard. you wanted. It was so hard. Yeah. And, and you probably have to go back every now and then and check and make sure you're still quality on track. Quality control. Yeah. Quality yeah. control. You guys are dedicated. <laughs> yeah, we are. We really are. Quality is important to us. Oh my gosh. Did you have to change much in interior-wise? Did you change out tables? and? No, we kept it pretty... So, something's pretty similar. Um, it's we had all this beautiful reclaimed wood that we added yeah. to the restaurant, so all of that remains. Um, but the fun thing that we brought in it was uh, again, like even with oxen cart, we had used a local uh, photographer to go out to all the farms and take pictures for us. Mm-hmm. We still wanted to keep that local connection, so we had a friend and uh, a tattoo artist, actually from Portland, come and put a beautiful mural on one oh, of the walls. Wow. Um, and then so we had. You, you mean you got your wall tattooed? We got our wall tattooed. Wow. You are ahead of the trend. Yes. It is yeah. it, it, it's a beautiful tattoo. I, I'm kind of thinking about maybe, maybe, maybe I'll... <gasps> really? Maybe, maybe. I've yeah. never had a tattoo, but it might be... Yeah. might be time. But, and, then we, and then we had another local artist that um, kind of refinishes um, cabinets, and she did a, this colorful cabinet collection collage, and then the rest of the artwork is like Mexican folk art. Oh, yeah. So it's fun. It, actually, a lot of the art is my own collection, because I've always loved Mexican folk oh, art. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, we'll share this yeah. with the restaurant instead of just keeping it at my home. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. It makes it more home-like, too. Yeah. More yeah. personal. Yes, it is definitely personal. Yeah. yeah, but now she doesn't have any pictures on the wall it's at home. Tr- it's yeah. true. I just took, I just took the, like, hate the little hooks off the wall, like, a couple of days ago. I was like, you know, they're not coming back, so it's time to move on. We have a friend who can help you with that. Oh, yeah? yeah she's back in Seattle. <laughs> Uh-oh, what is this? <laughs> Leslie Stein. Leslie she's Stein. got all the, the, the woman oh, who does yeah, all yeah, those yeah. lino cuts in yeah. a Mexican style. Oh, yeah, oh, that's cool. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could just fill your place uh, up with more. Yeah, I have to, I, it's an excuse to take another trip down to Mexico and yeah. go art shopping. Hands are tied. You know, and it's a business. And tasting. Ugh. Yeah. You've you got to keep up with stuff. <laughs> you do. You really do. <laughs> so has, has the plan worked? Is your customer base, um, 
Did yeah. the original customer base, customer have, base stay? And new? Yeah, we have seen the demographic grow. So okay. we're seeing a lot um, younger people than we had at Oxencart, okay. which is nice, but we've retained um, some of the older groups that came in. Yeah. So we have seen it. Like I said, it's only been three months, yeah. but um, the age spread is, is substantial already. Yeah. And um, even the you know guest counts nightly has gone up. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny. We're still, pe- I still run into people, and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And I said, "Oh, we opened the Saint and the Sinner," and they said, "Oh, we didn't know that. We didn't, where is it?" Or you know, oh my so gosh. there's a ton of people that still don't know about it because we're just yeah. so. Maybe you, you know. could do like an auction cart pop up every once in a while, huh? Well, we do have the mobile food truck that we use our catering company oh, okay. for. So this mm-hmm. summer we are. We've expanded our catering offerings to have a lot more of the Mexican flavors. Uh, a lot of the menu from here is available through our catering company. And we do plan on using the food truck at a few big events oh, good. featuring the Saint in the Center. Now, what about ingredients? I think you guys do pretty much everything in-house, don't you? Everything. Yeah. We, gr- we even grind our own corn for the tortillas. Oh, we wow. Have a, we bought a special grinder from Mexico so we could really control it. And, wow. Uh, yeah, so everything is very from scratch. That's great. Um, and then everything's probably local, too. As much as we can. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, as much as we can. We still use most of the same purveyors that we used from mm-hmm. Oxencart and, and Olive. Um, in the winter, you know, it's always a little bit harder. Yeah. Can, can you yeah. get all the chilies locally, or do you grow them? Or Some of the chilies in the summer we can get locally. Um, Frog Hollow Farms is amazing. She grows some of the most unique heritage uh, unusual wow. peppers and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she heirloom tomatoes, beautiful things like that. But yeah, a lot, a lot of the flavors um, in Mexican cooking are dried chilies. So mm. those are something we have to special order. Yeah. Frog Hollow. I thought, for some reason, I was thinking Frog Hollow did peaches. Do they have peaches? They don't trees? have any. I don't think they have any peaches. They okay, have it's something raspberries. Else, something. Oh, okay. Every year, Metropolitan Markets do the Peachorama. Oh, okay. And they bring in, like, Pence peaches or something like that, and I'm probably getting all these names wrong, but I thought one of them was Frog Hollow, and somebody else said Frog Hollow to me the other day, and I thought. Well, she does. Everywhere. She does do some specific um, growing just for metropolitan markets. So, oh, okay. And she grows a special kind of like squash for them, I oh, think. Okay. So oh, I think they do carry a lot of her stuff. Yeah. So you probably just saw the sign there, maybe. Yeah, that might have been what it was. Thank you for giving me an out on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what about the kitchen? That's stayed pretty much the same. Yeah. It was probably a great kitchen. Yes, yeah. Everything yeah. stayed pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, it seems to me, if my memory is correct, that you guys took over a going business when you had Olive Marketplace and Cafe. That had been there for a while. It was a little different. You... It was a different business. It yeah. was called Merchants. Right. So, But it had a you know a very similar, it was a cafe sandwich yeah. sandwich place. So yeah, we the, the gentleman that owned it had it for 30 years and he was ready to retire. And, yeah. and so we took it over for him. And how different was that experience going into something that's operating and then... Versus like Oxen Carter now Saint in the Center, it. yeah. um, it, it's different. Be- well, the Merchants was is was quite different. Other than like the location and that they had sandwiches, the menu was completely different when we took over. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't do a lot of scratch cooking, so you know we mm-hmm. overhauled everything and. It, it was a learning curve in general, just because Jake and I, our background was was fine dining, and so mm-hmm. we'd never done anything kind of like that. So we, yeah. were, we were just finding our way on how to do counter service versus table service and keep people moving through the restaurant, but still having elevated quality of food. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think it's a lot more fun to start from scratch because yeah. <laughs> you can really like do, you know, pick exactly what tables you want yeah. and, you know, what lighting fixtures you want. Mm-hmm. So that, that's definitely, I, you know, feel like it's more, it's more fun because you're like set decorating, setting the stage. Yeah. yeah. In, in your vision. And all of we do that, but it was, you know, in it was slowly as we could change things out as we could, um, modify things. Yeah. So there's a, same process, basically, just, yeah, just slower. slower, waiting, you know, waiting, yeah. Gosh. Um, is the menu, I was thinking, before I was thinking about it being totally scratch, I was thinking this menu might be easier to deal with, not so many kind of moving parts. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it is a little easier. We, we don't change it as often. Mm-hmm. We do have some specials, and, and we, we when the chefs find something they want to be playful with, we do change it up. But for the most part, it stays, you know, People want to come in for the pork belly tacos, and they're going to know yeah. that they're going to be able to come in and get them. Um, but it's been fun for our chefs and cooks because a lot of them weren't familiar with this style oh. of cuisine. Oh, okay. And then to put like that modern touch on it that Jake does, it's been really like a lot of learning for them and yeah. something new because most of them had really done you know American mm-hmm. food like like oxen cart, and now they had to learn something new and I think mm. even our servers really appreciated that because they you know when we had oxen cart we did a lot of wine tasting and guest wine makers came in and talked to them about mm-hmm. their wine and now we're having uh, tequila experts come yeah. in and mezcal experts so I think they appreciate that there's still a lot to learn and yeah I've been, isn't it I, you know generalizations but most people who work in the industry like to learn something new because it's the same thing over and over yeah. and again Great, but if you feel like you've kind of knocked it out, it's really fun to learn. Yeah, another so. go another. I, I enjoy it, and that, and that was part of the challenge with Satan's Center was for us to try something new and come yeah. up with new recipes and think outside the box a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the cocktails too, because you've got some fun names and. Yeah, yeah. So we. We kind of like to play, the whole menu is like saintly flavors or sinful flavors. We, um, I think our tagline is righteous tacos and wicked margaritas. Yeah. And so we kind of named some of the margaritas the sort of saintlier ones over uh, as um, like Mexican heroines and um, <laughs> heroes. And then, you know, some of the other martinis and margaritas that are on the sinful side are named after, like, El Chapo is one oh, yeah. of them, <laughs> if anybody's familiar with him. So we're just, like, being playful about yeah. it, yeah. At first, when you said heroines, I thought you said, heroin? Seriously, you're going to name your drinks after drugs? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we have one called La Adelita, which is, um, um, during the Mexican Revolution, there were women, female fighters, and they called them the La Adelitas. Oh, okay. They were pretty badass. Yes, <laughs> you can. Okay. And then, isn't there a, a a margarita called the Lowrider? Yeah, that's sort of our house margarita. Okay. It's a traditional um, lime margarita. All of our all of our cocktails are still fresh squeezed juice. We squeeze squeeze it every day. Um, so it's a traditional lime margarita, but we float a little bit of uh, cerveza Pacifico on top to give it a little oh. effervescent. Oh, yeah. A beer margarita. Yeah. Classic, a uh, backyard hmm. barbecue style. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's fun. Now, you guys um, also have a daily happy hour. I was looking at that. Does that rotate at all, or is it just pretty much standard? It's pretty much standard. People really love to come in and get their you know, value on a margarita, some mm-hmm. nachos, and 
I'm surprised. I don't know if I am surprised, but a lot of people come in for the tequila shots. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess at three o'clock in the day, sometimes you need one. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> it's not been a good day. Probably no, if you needed it. And three, then after, but... and then after you have the visit at the Saint and the Sinner, it's a lot better. Yeah. See, you you are changing people's lives. That's right. <laughs> Giving them hope. Well, you guys, I I'll mention this because of course it's our listenership is about Seattle, yeah. but you and Jake met at Brasa yes. when you both worked for Tamara Murphy. Yes. And um, so you've, what made you decide to come to Walla Walla? What was that decision about? So when we were working there, like we were just talking about how um, in the service industry, in the restaurant industry, you kind of always want to look for the next thing to learn. And I was ready. I'd been fine dining for quite a while and I was ready to take that next step. And I thought, I was going to start studying as a sommelier, but I really wanted to try something totally different and, and be more creative and learn how to make wine. So we came out here to see a, to tour the wineries and um, meet the director of the wine program, and we just we fell in love with it, mm-hmm. and we thought, well, there's opportunity here for a chef, too. Yeah. So Jake's like, why don't, why don't we just move? And a month later, we did. It was really crazy. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> but we just thought, you know, why not? Yeah. Why not? So Why not? we did it. Um, I got accepted into the program. They thought it was going to take a year for me to get accepted, but they had a last-minute opening. So we just said, let's go. Wow. Why wait a year? Let's do it. And so you are actually certified. Well, so I did the enology and viticulture program through the community college, and then I worked for five years as an enologist. Okay. And then um, I helped at that time. I helped a little bit with the restaurants, but mm-hmm. I was more focused in the wine industry. And then we had our first kid, and I stayed home, and slowly he kept pulling me into the restaurant. <laughs> Can you just help with this? Can you just help with that? And so I gave up and joined yeah. him yeah. <laughs> in the restu- back in the restaurant world. But excellent knowledge to have. Yeah. Yes. No, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's very useful. And this town is small, and knowing all the winemakers and working so closely with them for so many years has really enhanced our ability to work with them in the restaurant yeah. setting. So yeah. it's, it's been nice. And... Uh, I didn't. I never, never say never. So I might go back into the wine industry yeah, someday. That could be, and then you can pull him in your direction. That's right. He would. He would actually love that. I think he would really <laughs> love that. That's funny. So we're going to wrap it up shortly here, but I have one more question, and it's just personal curiosity for me. Almost every, uh, well, I shouldn't say this because we don't find it often enough, but grass-fed beef, organic chicken, um, local product—you know, big, big thing—and it seems when you're in Seattle that it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but we're not seeing it on menus over here. Most people don't have grass-fed beef. I'm just, is it, is it because you're right in the middle of everything and nobody thinks to say it, or is it just not a big, big deal over here? Yeah, I think it's both, but I also think the, the demographic, well, with grass-fed beef specifically, is a leaner quality mm-hmm. beef. So we're dealing with a population that loves like classic steak and potatoes mm-hmm. and, and that marbling is so okay. important and it's so rich. And we, we actually found that at Oxen Cart, a lot of people, they felt the steak was too lean. Oh, but that's okay. just, that's what happens when you don't grain, yeah. like stuff the cow at the end mm-hmm. of, of raising them. So I think it's a flavor issue first and foremost. And I think it's just part of that slow change, yeah. that slow evolution of people's palates. Yeah, it'll come someday, yeah. but not. But but we are seeing more and more. I think there's more on the menu. You see organic or you know, pasture-raised a lot more. Mm-hmm. And we have a few um, 
small farms that are starting to expand their offerings and for a while it was a little hit and miss because you didn't know how many animals they had or their their um, butcher cycle. Yeah, so you didn't but know now if you could get it or right, not. Right, right. But there's more of more little ones popping up, so it's becoming yeah. more available. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on today. It's it's wonderful to be back in Walla Walla, and I'm so excited. We're going to come try the place tonight. Yeah, so. we'll have a margarita ready for you. Oh, excellent. <laughs> well, actually... Um, I want to thank you for having us on and uh, just let you know that uh, we're going to take a little break right now, which means we'll, we'll just go down the street and get a shot of tequila and then we're, yeah. we're going to be right back in the just yeah, You know what? Uh, It'll be so much more entertaining when they come back to us. It is almost 3 o'clock. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's half the hour time. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm-fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at RevolveFoodWine.com. Hi, this is Kasia. I live in Snohomish, and my favorite little restaurant is right on the first street. It's called Gorilla Bites. And um, it's family-owned, and it's all organic food, extremely sweet atmosphere, delicious food, and I highly recommend you stop by and try. Hi, this is Lenny from Mescal Wine and Spirits, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Thank you, Tabitha. Now we're back just at the end of the show. So usually we like to end the show with some tips, and mine this month is about inventorying your pantry. It's something we should all do periodically, because you know how you buy stuff and then you use it for one meal, and a year later you're thinking, what is that thing growing? <laughs> yeah. So it's a really good idea to just go through periodically, probably a couple times a year, maybe quarterly or something. Well, I think it's important to... Um for, I know for me around the house here are things like uh, oils and balsamics. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just stuff I want to regularly stock here yeah. so I can grab it any time. Shallots, garlic, yeah. and uh, even in the fridge, you know, yogurt, cheeses, stuff yeah. like that. And we've talked about this before, but it's we really enjoy going to markets that have bulk spices. So that you don't have all those spices hanging around. It really opens yeah. up cupboard space if you don't have 42 spices that you use once every two years. Yeah, and start clearing out some of the junk that's in there that's really old, like old mm. oils that are cloudy yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that. It's nothing so disappointing to me. I'll think I'll open the cupboard and go, oh, my gosh, I do have peanut oil. And I open it up, and it just smells old. Not rancid, but you mm-hmm. can tell it's old. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no. And the nice thing about having the pantry stocked all the time is that when you get when you decide, oh, I don't know, I don't know what I want to have for dinner, and then you realize, well, I got all this stuff, and then like I was reading uh, Bethany Jean B. 
BJC did an article <laughs> the other day about parsley, and I've got a bunch of parsley here. Yeah. And so she had about 11 different ideas of things to do with parsley. And I could basically pop open the pantry and take a few things out and start making some of those salads or whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be working through my parsley now. Yeah. So Those are handy tips. Um, that's mine. Okay. Well, mine has to do with barbecue season. And when is it not barbecue season in Seattle, folks? For I mean, us, seriously. All year long. So um, a lot of people, uh, including myself, like to cook vegetables on a cedar plank. And if you've never done this before, it's totally worth it. Uh, you take a, a, a cedar plank and you soak it in water. And then you put it on the barbecue and let it warm up and start letting out some of that cedar odor and put your veggies on there and uh, cook them up on the cedar plank. Uh, However, uh, there's a little cautionary note that goes along with this. Uh, I one day heard a chef say, uh, yeah, I just buy my cedar planks at the hardware store. And, um, you know, he's buying, like, roof shingles. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be eating out of your oven because um, those can tend to be treated with fire retardant, which you don't want to be ingesting. Yeah. So when you buy a cedar plank, you can buy a nice cedar plank at any of the better cooking stores around town. You can buy them at, uh, you know, even at, like, probably Target and whatever. It used to be a place called Sears, but I think that's gone now. Well, and also John Howie started this years and years ago. He has a cedarplank.com or something like that where he sells cedar planks. Yeah, so, um, you know, if you're going to buy them at a hardware store, you better double-check and make sure they don't have fire retardant on them. Yeah. Because uh, if you like to do a planking a lot, you'll you'll burn through a cedar plank every year, typically, anyway. So, yeah. so good, though. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time to wrap up our July show. So sad. It went fast today. Thanks for joining us. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit www.seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. And we'd like to thank Boeing for being a part of the end of our show today. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next month. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show